0: Policing is not what you see in the movies. Yeah, We are not, the goal is not to fight and arrest everybody. Uh, one of the things that you, when you are young is like, oh, just, I'm a tough guy. I promise you, you're not. Mm-hmm. You can get through your 30, 25, 30 year career with all of your teeth or none of them. Mm-hmm. And that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your best, you know, do you have the ability to speak to anyone and everyone? Because mm-hmm. you may speak with a multimillionaire. And you may speak with a homeless person five minutes apart. Yeah. Are you able to speak to everybody on a human level and get your point across? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a, if you can do all those things, if you think you can, if you have a passion for helping people, Mm -hmm. you have a a passion for uh, protecting people, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good job for you.
1: Welcome to Lancelot's Roundtable. I'm remembering when I first got ready to start college, and I was trying to think, what did I want to do with my life? Uh, All sorts of of opportunities and possibilities ahead, and one thing that fascinated me was the idea of becoming a police officer. I considered it. I was heavy into martial arts. My cousin uh, is a police officer, what was at the time still is a police officer, and I've known a few over the years. Uh, so I was thinking about doing that. There was a program in the city where you could go to Columbus State Community College and basically go through this program to become a police officer. That's all I knew. So I got on uh, AOL Instant Messenger on our little personal computer in the late 90s, very late 90s. This would have been probably like ninety seven, ninety eight. 98. So it was actually like right before I went into college, I believe. Anyway, my cousin was on there, and I started asking her about being a police officer. And then when I told her that I wanted to be a police officer, she said to me, absolutely not. And then I asked her why, and she explained to me various situations that she had been in. And I kind of got a very eye-opening experience in about a five-minute period about what a police officer gets to experience in their day-in and day-out Uh, Job And then I kind of thought to myself, do I really want to do that for several years of my life? And my answer became no. And as you've heard probably in a previous podcast, I went on to eventually try to become a pilot, which didn't work out. And now I work in marketing, but still always been fascinated about just learning about what police officers do, what they go through, why they decide to even do the job and uh, what their experiences are. So, That's what we're going to be talking about today. So we've got myself here. We have Kim over here monitoring the recording. Hi, Kim. What's up? And uh, I am pleased to welcome to the roundtable, Mr. Colin Phillips. Colin, welcome to the roundtable. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. So let's talk about
0: how you got into policing. Oh, man. Uh, It's something that, so my dad is a police officer and has been for a long time now. Yep. Uh, And he's been a big influence in my life, uh, especially growing up in as I became an older teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something in my head that I always kind of thought about. I never saw myself working in an office. I never saw myself, uh, I always wanted to do, be out doing something. I felt like I didn't want to be bored. Yep. Uh, and seeing his job, you know what he did, it sounded interesting and yep. fulfilling. So I, I always had it in my mind. Um, and that kind of pushed me down the road. There was some when I was 18, I did my own thing. The whole band thing was just, uh, your general 18 year old idiot. Yes, and then, you sir. Know, <laughs> it, it's life, right? Yes. And uh, uh, but eventually it, it came back pretty quickly. That that's I wasn't happy with everything where I wanted to be. Yeah. I wasn't happy with where my life was going. Yeah. Uh, not that I was doing anything bad. Just sure. Not fulfilling, bored. Nothing. Yeah. You know. And I started getting into policing. Yeah. I joined the the military briefly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I spent six years. I say briefly. Six years. (laughs) (laughs) It's briefly now at this stage of life. Yeah, a brief six years. Yeah. (laughs) Which branch? I was in the Army. Army, what'd you do? I was an MP. That's right. Mm -hmm.
1: That's right. So you went from being an MP directly into policing?
0: Yep. Yep. Okay, what was being an MP like in the Army? Nothing like being a police officer. (laughs) Fair enough. <laughs> when when I was in, uh, we had a we jokingly called it multi-purpose instead of military police multi-purpose. Okay. You, I think I did a total of maybe a month of what they call garrison work, which is where you'd be like a police officer on a base. Okay. I think I did that a month of my whole time. Everything else was either training or dealing with uh, being an infantryman, essentially. So I was okay. mostly attached to infantry things, to training for infantry things, stuff like that. Okay. It was nothing. Nothing crazy has happened. I don't have any crazy stories. It was just good training, good time. I don't yeah. regret it. Yeah, uh, it was it helped me grow up immensely. Yeah, uh, I was just some um, I joined in twi- 21, okay. So I was an old I was an old guy for joining the military. OK, but I mean, before that, I just wanted to do dumb stuff with my friends. And yep. it really helped me become a, an adult. Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, st- I stand by it. It really did change my life. So you learned some responsibility. Oh, yes. And
1: focus. Oh, big time. All that good stuff. Yeah, big time. So um, what did they teach you that
0: helped you carry over? when you decide to become a police officer? So people think that the military and policing is very similar. It's actually wildly different being Mm. a good, uh, you know, being a good soldier or Marine or whatever does not necessarily correlate to law enforcement, but some of it does. So some of the tactics do apply. Um, shooting a gun is shooting a gun. Yep. Right. Uh, and then some building clearing things still apply. So there's a lot of the tactics you learn in the military. Mm -hmm. You go into policing with a little bit better understanding of tactics and, you know, what your most of your SWAT guys would would know, but your average police officer may not. You already have that in, in you, so it it helps. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's not as much that you think really applies. Being neat and clean, you know, having a, a winning mindset, not not quitting in a fight, that kind of stuff is helpful. Mm-hmm. But a soldier, you're told, hey, go over there and do that, and you go, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and in policing, you're we expect you to think yeah. quickly and effectively. Okay. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. It
1: was what Do you know what the average age of somebody that's becoming a police officer is? Like when they get into actual policing, what they're at? Is there an average There's age? A, the
0: minimum age is 21. Okay. Uh, we've hired, and I've seen some 21-year-olds on, and I wasn't capable. Yeah. I've seen some that are and some that are not. Uh, yeah. Your average is closer to 25, 26, which okay. I think is a good thing. You, yeah, To get into policing, in my opinion, you need some life experience. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you can join at 21, and there are some fantastic 21-year-old cops. I'm not you know, talking down on them at all. Yeah. It's just your average human being needs to grow up a bit. Yep. At 21, you're only a few years removed from your parents' house. How much life experience do you really have? Right. right. So, And when you're immediately called to a domestic dispute between a mother and child, how are you going to help talk to them yeah. about parenting when you were just parented a few months ago? <laughs> you know? That's a really good <laughs> point, yeah. Okay, so then you
1: get out of the Army uh, did you immediately pursue police work? Yeah, basically.
0: Okay. Pretty much immediately. So walk me through that. So I put myself through an academy. Uh, I was working, uh, for just another, just a big box store. I won't name them, sure. a, bi- a big box store. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't happy doing it. it. It was a good job. It had good benefits. I, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Yep. So in the state of Ohio, you can, there are two options for you to become a police officer. You can actually put yourself through the academy, okay. uh, and you pay out of your own pocket, and you go through a police academy, and then you start applying for jobs. Or you can get hired at a, a typically a bigger department, mm-hmm. and then they will send you through the academy. Got uh, it. Bigger departments will do both. They'll hire people that have the academy already, maybe prior experience or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I put myself through the academy. I didn't really feel like waiting. Which uh, academy? I went through a Delaware Area Career Center. Got it. They have a program. Uh, okay. There are a few around, uh, the general Columbus area. Okay. And, uh, I went through there in 2011 and I got out and not nearing the end of it. I started applying for police departments and you, if you're going to do it that route, typically you're, I mean, you apply in my personal opinion, you can put all your eggs in one basket, uh-huh. but I don't recommend that yeah. policing is a very competitive market. At least it used to be. Yeah. Uh, it still is where, uh, there are a lot of applicants for a very small amount of positions, um, so I did a sh- you know I shotgunned a bunch out, mm-hmm. and the process they're speeding up the process, but it can take years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started in a very small department called uh, called Clinton Township. Mm-hmm. It's in uh, Columbus near Advance's Gun Shop, essentially. Mm-hmm. If you know where anywhere, you know where that is. <laughs> Uh, it's Cleveland Avenue. Uh, what is right by there? Cleveland Avenue. It's Linden, North Linden, okay. essentially. Okay. Um, like Cook Road, that kind of area. Yep. Uh, I started down there making no money. Yeah. <laughs> I was basically doing it for free. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good experience. Uh, sure. There's a lot to learn in that, in that place. Yeah. Uh, it's a different environment than any, that i would ever been in in my whole life, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you learn a lot about policing. And then I went from there. I went to another department, another township. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bigger town, much bigger township. And then while I was, so I was there for between those two departments, about a little over two years. Mm-hmm. And I had already been in the process with my current department before I got hired in those ones. That's how long these processes take. Wow. And so I was doing that for several other agencies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally got picked up by the department that I work at now. And I was like, sorry, guys, I got to go. It's yeah. just it's, it's just how, <laughs> yeah. Townships are great. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I enjoyed my time. You learn a lot. They're good departments, good police officers, but there's a little bit more stability, in my opinion, in a city department. Yeah. Um, But that's neither here nor there. You, you can live, you can have a great career in in a township. And I thought I was going to, I wasn't expecting. I thought where I was at in Madison Township was mm-hmm. probably going to be it. It was a great job. I liked every minute of it. Did you live there? No, I lived around here, actually. You did? Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: So... Can you, because uh, I've always wondered this, and I just don't know the answer to it. Can you talk me through, like, what the difference is between, like, a normal police officer, the state patrol,
0: and sheriffs? Oh, man, I'm going to catch flack for this if people listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a normal police officer is has policing abilities typically only in the jurisdiction that they work. So okay. Columbus inside Columbus, because the municipality gives you your authority. Got it. Um, so you're kind of. You can, you can do enforcement other places. Uh, there's mutual aid agreements and all kinds of things. Like I don't want to say you can't go anywhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. You're a police officer no matter what, mm-hmm. but you get your authority in your municipality and it's basically stuck there. A township uh, officer is actually deputized, so they're kind of a, like a, a deputy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a sheriff has the jail as their main function. Mm-hmm. They they're over the jails. Got and, it. And then that is their primary function. Mm-hmm. And then they cover. Uh, Anywhere in the county, but they typically only respond to calls in the unincorporated areas. So uh, anywhere that's like a township that doesn't have a a specific police department Mm -hmm. or rural areas, things like that, that's what the deputies will will respond to. They can respond in the side city limits. They have Mm -hmm. every legal jurisdiction to do so. It's in the county, but they typically don't unless they're requested or they're just in the area and they see something. Mm -hmm. Uh, State Highway Patrol are technically not police officers. I don't know what they're called. I mean, there's and they another. They have the same thing, but they basically only do highway enforcement, traffic yeah. enforcement. They chase tail lights all day, write okay. a lot of speeding tickets. Okay, um, I'm not talking, you know, any smack against them. They are on their own. They are. I've heard that. They are well trained. Uh, they are. They might have backup for ten or fifteen minutes, right? And if you're in a bad situation, that's a very long time. Yeah. Um. So, county deputies also have that to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um. And then whereas at city departments, there's just people on top of people. Yeah, you, know, you right. have. Back, I mean, where I work now, you can have backup to you within no matter where you are within 90 seconds or less. Wow. Uh, whereas when I worked in Madison Township, it's 40 square miles. Mm-hmm. It'd be 15 minutes, lights and sirens from corner to corner. So yeah, it's a different world. Did you ever get in a bad situation in that? No, but my someone I was working with did, and okay. I was very far away. They it it. ended up being okay, but yeah, so it, it was could have been bad. Yeah, so Madison Township's in a weird. Environment. It's the bottom end of like Whitehall, mm-hmm. then to like the county line. So there's like Whitehall and suburbia type area, and then rural farmland yeah. <laughs> at the bottom of it. <laughs> Corn. So, yeah. So I was down in that <laughs> rural area, and the person the other guy I was working with was not, oh, cool. and he was having an issue. And I was like, it took a long time. So, and you were driving fast, very quickly, and it yeah. still took about 15 minutes.
1: Wow, that's intense. So can you just tell me maybe a little bit about? So you're
0: going through the academy. What does that even look like? Are you living somewhere? Are you living? I was, so I was in, there are multiple types of academies. Uh, you I was putting myself through, so I lived in my own house. It was actually a part-time academy, so it took longer because I was working full-time. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a very, very long day. So my days were basically, I worked at 5, 15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I worked until about two in the afternoon. Okay i would then get off work go to the gym uh-huh uh try and stay in some good try and stay in shape yep and then i would go home study for a little bit sleep for like an hour and then i would go to class from about 6 to 11 Jeez. and then i would get home at about 11 30 11 40 and i would sleep and be back at work at 5 15 in the morning it was horrible it yeah. was it was pretty horrible i was how long it was about seven months. Seven months of this. Yeah, it was about seven months. That's incredible. Well, did you get any discipline while you were in the army to be able to have the motivation to? Oh yeah, to I, do that. Yeah, I was. I would sleep whenever I could, wherever I could, yeah. and then I was just fine. And, you know, you just live with it, you deal with it. You're a zombie half the time, and you're trying to study and memorize a million different things. You're and not
1: guaranteed though,
0: right? No, when you go through all no. that stuff. You're not guaranteed to be a police officer when you're at the Even end. Even if you complete the academy, uh-huh. so you're there. You can fail at the academy. There are several different aspects that you can fail out of there. There's the the defensive tactics portion. There's a driving portion. Yeah. There's the, the actual academic portion. There's shooting. All of these things, if you fail any of them, congratulations, try again. Is there a hand-to-hand? Yes, yeah, so the defensive well? tactics. Defensive so, tactics. Okay. Sorry, that's what they call it, is defensive tactics. But sure. yeah, so if you if you don't make it through any of these parts, congratulations. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Um, and then if you, if you make it through all that and you pass the test at the end, you're still, if you put yourself through, you still haven't applied, you've just been certified by the state that you're allowed to do it yeah some police department starts to pick you up yeah which involves more background and things yeah um but yeah the, the academy was i had a good time it was fun I, I enjoyed i'm one of the people that in the moment i didn't enjoy basic training but looking back you do yeah you know there's always that reminiscing bit but in the yeah in the police academy it's just more of that there's you know yeah running shooting the the reading there's lots of law and things you have to you know learn about case laws that's and the, i mean that's the fascinating thing is because you
1: you you're not well in, in the army i was never in the army or anything else like that but the sense that i get from you and other people that have talked about is that you're in there and like you're told what to do like you had said earlier and then but when you're a police officer you're not given that level of schedule or oversight maybe but oh. you have to know law oh yeah oh, so how long did it take you before you felt comfortable knowing the law yeah five years Five years.
0: That's fair, though, right? <laughs> so, what happens when you get into a situation? You're like, I don't know what to do. Well, that so that is very common in your in, as a new police officer. Yeah. Um, thankfully, in your bigger cities, you always typically have somebody with you, mm-hmm. which hopefully they know what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the reality is, is you might not know all the details, but you know how to find it. Mm. That's one of the things that you're always in any kind of FTO, which is field training for a, being a police officer, we, you make sure that while you may not know, you, you may look at something and you go, I know that's a violation of law, but I don't know the specific yeah, law that it is. Right. It's very, you know, maybe it's obscure. something that you don't deal with all the time, but yeah. you know, it as a human being, you see it and you're like, nah, you can't do that. That's stealing. But what's that called? <laughs> yeah. The theft. What's the ORC though? Ohio Revised code portion? You, you know how to find it. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. so like you're, but are you looking it up on a computer in the
1: police car? Are you yeah, now on,
0: you can do it on your phone. You can do it on the, in the computer. Got um, it. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. We give you at our department, we have a huge resource on like a, a Google docs type mm-hmm. system or something that sure. has an unbelievable amount of resources. Things I, I could talk about for 10 hours and not get through all the nonsense that we have. Unreal. And so, but we, you know how to find it. Yeah. And again, and you, Always in most places have a supervisor working. There's always someone to ask questions. If you're not sure, you can call another. Like if you work in a township and you're by yourself, yeah. you can just call the county. The county is your direct backup. Got it. And those guys are typically 10 year veterans to begin with, especially in Franklin County. You start in the jail. Okay. And then it takes you seven to 10 years, something like that, to even be able to get on the road. Wow. So there's just there's knowledge somewhere. Yeah. Um, the reality of policing is the only thing you really need to do up front is get in there and control the scene, and mm-hmm. we can figure all the rest out. As long as we can slow it back down, Makes sense. figure all the rest out later. Yeah, so what's that,
1: even that portion like? So my day, the most shocking thing that happens in my day, uh, if I'm going to be kind of joking about it, is trying to figure out how to, how to format Excel. <laughs> That's the most shocking part of my day. Excel <laughs> isn't doing what I want it to do. Uh, Also, if I find myself surprised by something, it's usually just in a meeting and somebody says something that I didn't know, but it's not anything like, what am I, what do I need to do about this? Uh, So like, can you just talk me through, you get a call and it's, you're getting a call to, for this specific thing.
0: How vague is that thing that you're getting called for? Uh, Well, so the problem is typically when we get a call, it's about forty percent accurate. Mm. So there's it, you play the telephone game as a kid, right? Yeah. You pass it along. Yeah. Well, that happens to us. Okay. Somebody maybe either saw something or was told to call the police, so they call the police. They talk to the dispatcher. The dispatcher gets whatever information they can. They try and fi- figure it out, and then they tell us. So that's a, that's we're already you know two or three people removed. Yep. Before we even get there, so there's details are limited. Yep. Plus, the reality is is human beings are bad witnesses Mm -hmm. uh you and i may look at the same situation and see it entirely differently sure we may see different parts of it like if we see watch somebody commit a crime you and i may notice completely different details about that person and our description of that person may be entirely different yep so it's relatively vague so when you're going to a call you uh, you should be thinking what am i going to do what if this happens what if this happens Mm -hmm. what if i you know have a plan for this okay if that's wrong what do I do here? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the goal is to not be surprised. Yeah. When you're surprised is when things go pretty poorly. And yeah. that unfortunately happens all the time, yeah. being surprised. So, yeah, so what level of focus do you think that you have in your day-to-day? Uh, you're, you're focused most of the time, depending on especially where you are. You, I mean, you try and settle into reality. You've got reports to write. You've got to you know, be a human being as yeah. well. But you've got to yeah. be ready for any, any moment. A call basically can come in and your whole day can drastically change. So one of the
1: toughest jobs that I had, it took me about a year to a year and a half to feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. Like the, the, the mountain of the learning curve, i peaked the mountain, now I'm yeah. over here on this side. How long did that take?
0: To policing, it's between three and five years. Most people will say five years. Wow. There's a big learning curve up front. Yeah, Learning the information you need to be a police officer is like sucking water through a fire hose yeah. for the first multiple years of your career. Wow, and then at about three to five years, you kind of settle in and you feel like I I can do this. I'm good. And after five years, it's you you know what you're doing. You yeah. can you can at least handle every situation. You'll start forgetting things. You're like I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But it, it takes a long time. Uh, it's a it's a difficult job to learn, mm-hmm. um, but it's not an overly difficult job. We make it more complicated than it is. Yeah. If I'm being honest. It, yeah. So I mean, there's plenty to learn. I'm not talking you know, that it's a simple job. It's very in-depth, very, you know, uh, there's so many facets of this job, things you need to know and learn. Yeah. Uh, But once you get them, we have, there's constant training. The laws are constantly changing. We have to stay up with it, but that learning curve is huge. It's a big mountain. And once you get over it, you can kind of settle in. You're pretty good to go. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. So if you were to be having a conversation with 18-year-old Lance that was thinking about being a police officer. What, what kinds of questions would you ask him to really gauge if he really wants to do it? Or how would you approach that type of situation? We got a listener out here who is thinking to himself, man, I, I really want to wear that shield. I really want to you know, enforce laws. I really want to patrol. I want to protect people. I want to keep my community safe. Somebody who's saying these kinds of things, like if they want to sit down with you and have coffee.
0: Do you want to work nights, weekends, and Christmas and have everybody hate you? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, there's an aspect to that. I'm being sarcastic. Sure. Um, yeah, you know what, there's more to policing than what you see on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The, the, the videos that you see, the action, the crazy action that you see all the time on, on the news is such a small portion of Mm -hmm. this job. That is not what you do day in and day out. Yep. Uh, you will see those things. Sure. Uh, but if that's your motivation for getting into this job, there have been enough cowboys. Mm -hmm. You're probably not needed. Mm -hmm. Um, your day in and day out is responding to calls, helping people throughout the day, mm. telling people they're wrong, which nobody likes. Yeah, uh and and then there's enforcing traffic crime and all you know, traffic violations, and things like that. People don't like it, but the reality is it does save lives. Mm. Like it or love it or hate it or not, whatever. Me, what do you mean by that? Like, what's what's the task that you're referring to? Stopping speeders, people Speed. running red lights. People will call and complain about people are speeding down my street, and your job is to go down there and get people to slow back down. Hey, guys kids playing please be nice yeah so that's your job is not running and gunning and chasing bad guys <laughs> and all these, it's it's not yeah it simply isn't yeah does that happen in some places sure will that happen to you in your career sure it's not every day yeah it's not most days yeah if we're being honest it's it's a relatively day in and day out can be decently boring yeah dealing with domestic disputes where no one did anything really wrong just people are angry and upset yeah and you're just a mediator talking to them Yep. can you deal with that can you deal with it's a lot more paperwork than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more, you might have five seconds of action and three or four or five or more hours of paperwork mm-hmm. is the reality. Um, and are you willing to see the things that you will see? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gruesome things in this world mm-hmm. that I think most people don't, don't see. And I don't, that's a good thing. I, yeah. Most people don't have, don't have to see some of the atrocities that police officers see. And you mm-hmm. will see them day in and day out that people die every day. Yeah one way or another Mm -hmm. and you have to go to it Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you are comfortable or willing to do that and i think that you have the uh the ability to separate your heart and your mind from that Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. then yeah we can but policing is not what you see in the movies yeah we are not the goal is not to fight and arrest everybody Uh, one of the things that you when you are young is like oh just i'm a tough guy I promise you, you're not. Mm-hmm. You can get through your thirty, twenty five, thirty year career with all of your teeth or none of them, mm-hmm. and that's up to you. Do mm-hmm. uh, your best. You know, do you have the ability to speak to anyone and everyone? Because you mm-hmm. may speak with a multimillionaire and you may speak with a homeless person five minutes apart. Yeah, are you able to speak to everybody on a human level and get your point across? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a if you can do all of those things. If you think you can, if you have a passion for helping people, mm-hmm. if you have a, a passion for. Uh, protecting people mm-hmm. yeah it's a good job for you where what areas do you think would be where do you
1: think that you've you've had really good training to prepare you for all the things you just described and where do you think there there's room to
0: have more training there's never enough training mm-hmm. uh most so the problem with training and i'll i'll get into it, i have very i'm very fortunate in that aspect mm-hmm. um most police departments training is an afterthought Mm -hmm. and including mine and Mm -hmm. any other department you work for the primary function is we got to get enough bodies on the street yeah um so that and that's hard to do Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a minimum amount of people you can have working you you have to have bodies here and then if you have enough extra then we can start sending people to training yeah so everyone has to do mandatory training every year Um, but as a good police officer you should be doing other training every year Mm -hmm. Um, so it's tough in general my department does a very good job I'm very 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 blessed that our training budget is plenty Mm -hmm. we are able to basically send you most of the time to whatever you need or want to obviously they're not just going to send you to some nonsense Mm -hmm. Um, but the some of the training that I think they need to focus on for a lot of people is just speaking to people Mm -hmm. and some of that comes with time mm-hmm. the more you just speak to random people the better you are at yeah, speaking <laughs> um, but there are people that have never had to do it and then get on getting on the street it's like talking to a robot it's painful yeah uh and my other big area is defensive tactics yep. fighting yep. it is an afterthought mm-hmm. and the I, I won't i don't want to get into too much of it but the uh, oftentimes police officers are that are involved in shootings that are while justified may not have been necessary mm. is because they're not comfortable with their hands yep and if you're comfortable with your hands, you're less likely to go for those tools because you're comfortable in defending and protecting yourself and controlling somebody. Yeah. Um, people don't like to do that. Uh, they think I'm a big, tough guy already. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a giant guy, so I have to be pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's everybody I deal with, not everyone, but a vast majority are bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So I need to be able to handle myself yep. for that exact reason. Yeah. Um, but that is a big portion. It's not, uh, you may not do it all the time. But I promise you, every police officer is going to put hands on someone and fight with someone several times a year, depending on where you work. Maybe dozens or more, depending on who you are and where you work. And it's not something that we, as in law enforcement, focus on anywhere near enough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's interesting
1: that you bring that up. So I mentioned the Joe Rogan podcast before. I mentioned that pretty much every time I do a podcast. He had Jocko Willink on. Have you heard of him? Mm Mm-hmm. So he had Jocko Willink on during the height of the insanity last year in 2020, and they talked about all of this kind of stuff. And Jocko, he's, you know, retired Navy SEAL, jujitsu, crazy legend. And basically in that podcast when they were talking about things, they were talking about like the need to be able to train police officers more. And he just threw it out there. He's like, I you know, if if I was in charge, because Rogan asked him, like, if you were in charge of improving policing, what would you do? Frame to question somewhere along that lines but basically Jocko's response was everybody that's going to put on a badge should be at least a purple belt in
0: jiu-jitsu you train jujitsu, i do yeah so what are your thoughts there i couldn't agree with you more yeah i even if you're not a purple belt you should be working towards something everyone should be training the downside is and here's the reality of the situation one time mm-hmm. money is always the portion your freedom the other thing is depending i mean it, It depends on where you work, but if you get injured off duty, there's not a guarantee that your department will pay you, right? Will give you the ability to work. So if you get, if you tear an ACL and you're off for seven or eight months or whatever it takes, there's, depending on where you work, congratulations. Yeah. I hope you can afford your mortgage. Yeah. So there's there's an aspect of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It needs to, in my personal opinion, it should be in house, on, on, like on on duty, and it should be regularly. Yeah. You should be training it. Um, that's the. I mean, that's the other thing he said. Jocko was like...
1: He talked about how much they train to go do an operation. I don't remember. You have to go. Just go listen to it. It's like it, twenty towards the end of 2020, Joe Rogan, Jocko Willing. Just Google it. It's probably on Spotify now. But anyway, he talked about how much they train to go on one single operation for SEALs. And it's like they train for months for like a month-long yeah. deal. And he's just like, police officers need to have like... This percentage, like a high percentage of what they do needs to be training, whether it, it
0: be tactical or self defense like you just said if it were if in a perfect world I would have I would have a day, one day a week, where that's your training day hmm every and I know that's not realistic based off of budgets and time and all these things like I get that, yeah, but that's the level that would be fantastic, yeah. uh, but that costs a lot of money to yeah. have you know eight, ten guys or more or, you know however many you have being paid. To not work the street one day every single week, yeah, it's a lot of money. You have to have enough bodies to do that, and the budget to do that. And unfortunately, that comes from taxes, which nobody wants to pay. Nope, <laughs> me included. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's tough. Yeah. Uh, but that is ideally what should happen. So it's kind of put on the officer to mm-hmm. do it on their off time. Some do, some don't. Yeah. Uh, and that's up to them. Right. Um, but it's it's the aspect that if if police officers were skilled in grappling Mm -hmm. there would be there's less reason there's obviously always going to be a reason where unfortunately police involved shootings are going to occur That's just a a fact of life for now i hope that changes one day right um but i think that could help maybe take some of those away Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i don't want to i don't want to second guess anyone's decisions i'm not you know that's not my job to do so sure um but i think that is a big part of people when we get scared as humans we react poorly yeah there's no difference for police officers when we get scared we react one way or another, sometimes poorly, sometimes not depends on your training, who you are, your mindset, all kinds of things. But if you are able to control that fear, because you're not, it's not your first time getting punched Mm -hmm. in recent history, Mm -hmm. you might react differently.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a really good point I trained in karate for a while. We don't grapple much at all, but the little bit of ground type fighting that we experienced, it was very intimidating at first. And your reaction is to be more defensive And to be more like cringy, and to me that I kind of I kind of feel like it seemed like a lot of things always just progressed into the ground. So if you're like sparring or whatever, you end up on the ground with the individual. And I think that's one of the reasons that jujitsu has exploded. So I'm just kind of curious if maybe there is enough jujitsu folks out there like could it, this might end up being like a liability thing, but let's say that there was like a really like decently large school out there of jujitsu and they wanted to help. They do. It exists.
0: It does exist. Yeah, it's expensive. I, I probably can't ramp it cause I can't recommend a, a, <laughs> uh, any kind of business, but there is a, a name in jujitsu that everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> and they have a, uh, school that they said police officers can go to. There's multiple levels of it and it is a fantastic class. Um, I won't say who it is or what it is or anything sure. like that. I, have no, I don't work for them. They don't pay me any money. <laughs> <laughs> None of that happens. It's fair. Um, but a police officer would know. Yes. Yeah. There are yeah. pools for that. That is one of my, that is, uh, those ones are great. Um, but again, it costs money. Right. And then what you learn in, you know, if, let's say you take a jiu jitsu class for, you go to jujitsu for a month mm-hmm. and then you stop for six years. Right. You will still have some basics. But you lose. It, it's a it's a perishable skill. 100%. So you have to stay up on it. So while you may be able to go to those schools and get some skills, the longer you're removed from that without practicing and training, yep. the more rusty, the more uncomfortable you're going to be with it. While you will always remember some basic things, uh, some of that tricky stuff goes away pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're out there. People should police officers should check them out. There. It's a, they're fantastic schools.
1: But if there was like a bigger, it doesn't even have to be a bigger school. If there was a school out there and they felt like supporting police officers, is there something where they could like go and offer for free? Maybe, I don't know if you could get a tax
0: write off on it or whatever, mm-hmm. but just basically mm-hmm. go and. I will say, uh, the, the, a lot of police officers go and a lot of jujitsu gyms offer things to police officers. I don't want to, you know. Sure. Uh, I don't want to make any promises to anybody. We still pay, you know. Yeah. But the jujitsu gym that I go to has a huge portion of police officers. That's just who most of them are. Sure, police officers and firefighters. Um, Interesting firefighters getting in on it too, huh? Yeah. I won't make they like to be tough guys too. <laughs> I'm kidding, I love firefighters. It's a, it's like a brotherly love type thing. Right. I mean they are I couldn't do my job without them. Yeah. They are fantastic. I love our fire department. I'm not talking smack. Like I said, we just it's like, yeah, a, for sure. it's a, like the military ribs the other military. It's yes, the same thing. Exactly same so type we deal. We call them second responders. So <laughs> things like that. You know, they they'll be there after it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, I mean
1: I that podcast was a really good one for me to listen. I, I basically just listened to lots of different podcasts. Rogan's one of my favorite ones, but I was just fascinated by that topic. And I always just love listening to Jocko talk about anything because he can take something that sounds like an impossible thing and he can just rip it apart, bring it down to a basic level that kind of makes sense. Um, so anyway, that was, that was
0: really interesting. I was very curious on what you thought about that. So Uh, Jiu Jitsu is, in my opinion, every, it, it's. I think jiu-jitsu is the best martial art out there for most people. Mm. Uh, not only in training, you will fight 100% every day. Mm-hmm. You don't get to do that in any other form of martial arts. You're not right. going to go to a boxing class and try and knock each other out every day. That's right. just not realistic. Right. You're going to cause damage. Things are going to break. But in jiu-jitsu, you will fight 100% at a 100% level every single day. Mm-hmm. So you know... Cause it's not, the risk of injury is much, much lower Mm -hmm. than getting smacked in the face over and over (laughs) and over and over again. Uh, Yeah. And really, and honestly, most fights end up on the ground anyway. Most uses of force end up on the ground. Yeah. You're not in a slugging match with somebody very often. Yeah. And if I'm being honest with you in policing, you shouldn't be correct. (laughs) You can, you can and should throw punches, but the reality is if you're, if you are throwing punches back and forth with somebody, anything can happen. Yep. Anything can happen. Right. There, there's no fight you're guaranteed to win. I don't care how good you are. Mm-hmm. The best fight, the only chance, the only fight you're ever going to win is when you're not in. Yeah. So, if, but if you're in a slugging match, good luck. Yeah. But if you win, great. If you don't, now what? It can be so, incre- it can de-
1: degenerate into something so incredibly chaotic. Oh, and yes. if you even are successful and you knock somebody out with a good strike to the head, like you just said, then what? Then they hit their, then they hit their head. Yeah, on something on the way down, or their neck hits something. Like, yeah. But like what you're saying, the, the whole idea of jujitsu
0: is you you contain. Mm-hmm. That's I, I'm not taking jujitsu yet. I plan no, to. You should. It's fantastic. The uh, other thing I like about jujitsu is if the person is bigger and stronger than you, mm-hmm. you can probably if you're better at jujitsu, you're probably going to come out on top anyway. And yep. worst case scenario is I promise you. I can hold on for dear life long enough until someone's there to back me up. Correct. Yeah. That's, like, which is huge. If, if you're better than me at jiu jitsu and bigger and stronger than me, I bet I can survive long enough until I get back up. Yeah. Whereas in a slugging match, if you're some big, strong dude who's just going to knock me around, I, I probably can't. Yeah. I mean, I, that's just the reality. Yeah. So. Well, that's funny because you talked about not being that big of a
1: dude, but you're bigger than me. <laughs> I'm five foot eight, I have a smaller frame. So, the whole I, the every time I would train in martial arts, I would always inevitably. Well, my brother, he trained with me, and he's six foot three and outweighed me my entire life by more than 50 pounds. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> but yeah, you get, and, and his reach, right? His reach, yeah, reach was, is such a, por- such a big deal with strikeout. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I just always kept thinking, like, man, I need to learn. Uh, a really good ground game. I don't. I did not know about jujitsu when I was still training and teaching karate. Um, that came after I think I had kids and I wasn't teaching or training anymore. But ever since I found out about it, I've always been like, man. Once I get back into martial arts, I, I want to. That's the one I want to get into
0: Yeah, I, I recommend it to anybody my son when he's old enough which is about four or five he'll'll we'll start I was literally gonna ask you that like what's the typical age start between four and six depending on where you go four, I mean the four-year-olds aren't doing anything but playing yeah right I mean that's just all it is yeah um, but it it teaches confidence it teaches self-respect yes. it teaches respect of others it also teaches that you're not the biggest like if you're not the biggest toughest kid out there yeah one of the things I, I like about jiu Jitsu, is I may go to a, a jiu jitsu class and someone's there that I've never seen, mm-hmm. and they may look like the most unassuming person in the world, and I think I got this, and they destroy you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you are half my size, and you just made me look, it made me into a pretzel like I didn't exist. Yeah. You never know. And it, it, it is really eye opening for that. Yeah. Can you talk me through a little bit of like, what does it look like for a beginner doing jiu jitsu? What, what are you learning? What yeah, are you, sure. What your class look I, like? I love it. So. The first time you go to a jiu-jitsu class, any time you've ever walked into a fight gym or a jiu-jitsu class is so intimidating yep. because you're out of shape, you don't know what you're doing, so you're you're uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been to several jiu-jitsu gyms and I've never met anyone there who isn't the nicest person who wants you to succeed and be the best. Yeah. They typically run those type of people that are hotheads out pretty quick. Mm. Um, so you get there, you get changed if you if you wear gi, which is uh, the little white suit that people wear yeah. uh some sometimes it's gi or no gi mm. but you get there you get changed you'll sit on the mat uh talk for a minute mm-hmm. you'll do a, a warm-up some form of cardio running mm-hmm. around some basic line drills uh yep. shrimping things like that just basic jiu-jitsu never move. heard that term uh <laughs> if it's too complicated <laughs> it's hard to, without Could you show me <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically oh it's a drill where you would put your feet on the ground and you push your feet away and push off the person to help you get out from underneath them. Got it. essentially okay. Uh, okay. very loosely. Um, but it's a good, it's a good motion that you'll use a lot yeah. and just various things. You'll do that. And then there will be about a 30 to 45 minute instructional phase where mm-hmm. you'll cover one or two moves or subjects that day. Mm-hmm. And then you'll, re- you'll practice it over and over and over again. And then the last okay. 10 or 15 minutes is rolling, which is why I said you will fight. One hundred percent at a 100% level every day. Yeah. Now, as a new person, most gyms don't allow a, uh, and I say most because I don't, never mind all of them. Yeah. A brand new person is not allowed to be submitted okay. until they've reached a, a, a one stripe or two stripe white belt, something like that. Yep. Um, so you, people aren't, again, nobody that's better than you is there to kill you. Yeah. Right? They don't want to. They want you to do well. Yeah. Um. Tell, talk, tell people because they might not know submitting. What does that mean? Uh, so getting like an arm in a position where you feel like it's going to, be injured so you tap them and say i'm done or you get yeah. choked get choked out or something along those lines or a limb you know, an ankle lock leg lock things like that yeah um or you give up yeah uh, you cannot be submitted so you can't have your arm bent in a weird way that will you know force you to tap yeah it's just basically rolling and learning positions there's dominant huh. and non-dominant you know, less dominant positions and yeah in the beginning it's your simple your goal is you may learn some of the tricky submissions and stuff yeah but you're just learning how to move through the motions yeah. and start getting from the worst position to a better position. Yeah. So it's but a, it's that a good makes, time.
1: That makes complete sense. Uh, what's your, uh, in jujitsu, what was your biggest like proud moment? Like where you were just like, man, I just, I did it.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh so there's a, I learned, I went to a seminar and I learned a really tricky, uh, is that you can choke somebody out so you know what a guillotine choke is by any yeah. chance so if you get guillotine yeah were you going for a shot you going to take somebody down yep. and they grab you by the neck essentially yeah uh i learned a very tricky move on how to go from that position to taking them down and choking them out wow in a uh in a seminar yep. and it actually happened in a class i got to do it and it worked <laughs> and i was like and the guy was way better than me he wow if we fought again which we did he would win 10 out of 10 times yeah but i got it and i was like and then he was like, there's no, well, we, in jujitsu, there's no free tap. So if I make you tap or you make me tap, you will teach me how you did that. Yeah. So, okay. Right. There's no free tap. Got it. You were going to talk about what happened, why, you know, things like that. That's, so, uh, that's,
1: that's fantastic. I mean, like, so karate class growing up, I was a teenager doing it for the, for the, for the most part. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was learning strikes. It was cardio, um, but you, could, you couldn't you couldn't practice on people like exactly. to that level because yeah. you, you can't just kick somebody in the stomach and right. then, then debrief on how that felt. <laughs> <helped. laughs> was that a good, oh, you, you're you're really down on the ground. I guess that was a good one. You can't do it. So that's like, I think that's one thing that really fascinates me about jujitsu. It's the level of hands-on training that you can do that's controlled enough. But I mean, you kept saying like you're going full on 100%. So like yeah. when you're talking about this, it's not like, when you're rolling, it's not like slow
0: motion. Let me try this out. It's you're mm. really going for it. It is when you're new, but sure. once you're not so new, yeah, you're really going for it. Yeah. Um, so, but you it, the the beauty of a jujitsu class is you will cycle through people. Well, You'll be one or two minutes with somebody, and then you switch to the next person. So you may be wrestling, rolling with somebody who's better than you, someone that's worse than you, different sizes. Oh yeah, yeah, men, women, doesn't matter. Wait, yep. you you would roll with a with a woman? Absolutely, really. Oh yeah, fascinating. Had my, had my butt kicked by several. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <then. laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you, like, it's not about size, right? it's it's 95 percent skill based. Yeah. Now there are weight classes, but those are for people that with equal level skills. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Size does matter. But yeah. I've had my butt kicked by people smaller than me. I have yep. my butt kicked by people bigger than me.
1: And when I said that, I didn't mean that like being sexist or anything like that. Because I've definitely had my butt kicked by plenty of
0: females in in karate there's There's
1: plenty that could take me down oh there are some there are some tough women
0: yes there are some incredibly tough people you look at and you think nope that nope (laughs) I I, that's I would beat them easily and they crush you yeah like you didn't exist it's good for your ego though (laughs) it is you're not the toughest fish out there yeah and that's something that I think police officers need to learn too Mm -hmm. is you're not the toughest guy out there your badge means nothing yeah somebody is bigger and tougher than you and if you find that person be ready yeah hopefully you've done
1: some jujitsu hopefully yeah yeah so okay last thing i wanted to talk to you about i can't believe we're already almost to an hour but oh, wow um home defense this was like one of the things i really wanted to talk to you about okay. so what's what's the best strategy for a person like people like us we we have three kids we're in a suburb what's the best
0: strategy for home defense For us? first and foremost talk talk mm-hmm. do your kids know what to do if someone breaks into the house nope they do not does your wife know what to do if you're out if you and the kids are out at at you know Walmart and someone starts doing something insane? nope talking is the first step we've already failed <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> having a plan yeah and going over it pretty regularly mm-hmm. if if this happens we do this mm-hmm. uh, i mean if my if i'm at so if like if I'm at uh, a store and someone starts acting crazy doing something mm-hmm. my wife will go and take the kid and run and mm-hmm. go to the car and I will be the bait essentially yep um that's not what i recommend for everybody yeah but there's a plan we yes. i just you know uh that's the first and foremost what do they do if someone breaks in what do they do do you have a plan if your house catches on fire nope yeah i mean we do <laughs> but like not something we
1: discuss regularly I'm, i wouldn't be comfortable that my kids would know what to do at this point sure well
0: we do the fire drill you do when you're down there up
1: yeah. oh okay so- Well, I didn't know We know what to do.
0: (laughs) I guess I'm dead. Hopefully you get out of the basement. (laughs) But that's the first thing. First is have a plan. What are we going to do? Yeah. Second, people may hate this. I'm a huge gun rights person. I think every American should have one or two or three, uh, depending on (laughs) if you're allowed to, right? I mean, I think you should. Yeah. Um, Shotguns are a great home defense tool. Mm. You really just point in the general vicinity and pull the trigger and it's effectively done. Yeah. Um, Again, that's worst case scenario type stuff, but- In the moment of worst-case scenario, you're going to want it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that cameras, locks, locking your windows, these Mm -hmm. are all great things. Mm -hmm. The problem is they assist with preventing somebody, but if somebody wants into your house, they will get into your house. Right. Um, So making sure your windows are locked, making sure your doors are locked. Not Mm -hmm. having cheap locks is a big one. Hmm. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Cheap locks are very easy to get So how do you know... What's not a cheap lock? I don't want to rep a company because I can get in <laughs> trouble for that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you can find on the internet a uh, what a what a good lock is. They're not expensive by any means. It's there's companies you can buy in your you know Lowe's, Home Depot type stores okay. that will sell them. They're okay. pretty normal, but they also have these you know very cheap ones. Alarm yeah. systems are killer. Mm-hmm. They uh, alarm systems and cameras uh, are deterrents more right. than anything. Right. And with, when it comes to any kind of home defense or even like you're getting, not getting your car broken into, yeah. it's basically most crimes are committed opportunity-based. Mm. So there's always going to be that random home invasion type thing. Like that happens. That's what that gun is for. Yep. Right? Um, but that's so incredibly uncommon. So incredibly uncommon. Ninety-five or more percent of people that are going to break into your home don't want you to be there when they do it. Sure. They want right. your things. They don't want you. Yeah. Um, so those are oftentimes opportunity based. Mm-hmm. So having, having cameras, locking all your stuff is important. Mm-hmm. Leaving, having lights on, you know, not leaving your presence on the front door from Amazon for yep. three weeks. know right. you're yeah. not here. Yeah. Those type of things are important. Um, we think a ring, I can't represent any form of company. You can't. Okay. Doorbell <laughs> cameras are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. I've been
1: meaning to get one for a while. My neighbor over here just got one, and he said it was easy I, to install. They are
0: incredibly easy. I love doorbell cameras. They have made my job yeah. so simple. Yeah. You can track people through neighborhoods sure. through doorbell cameras. It's right. incredible. So people commit crimes. Maybe they're wearing a mask. Probably shouldn't give all this out, right? But they're wearing maybe they're wearing masks. They commit a crime over here, yep. And then you can track them blocks as they're getting back to the car that they just got into, mm-hmm. and they take all their masks off and they because they think they're safe. It's incredible. Wow. Doorbell cameras have been life changing for us. Uh, so more people should. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For the community, they are incredibly helpful. Mm. So. See, that's good to know. Now,
1: uh, some you we mentioned guns. Like I definitely agree. I think that there's. Uh, I th- I think that there's also the responsibility thing. So how can you be a
0: responsible gun owner? Again, so if you have children in the home,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I'm a big believer that they need to not think it's some magical item that they can't have. Yeah. They need to know and respect it. And yeah. uh, I'm not saying give them access to it, let them play with it or anything, but they shouldn't, they should know how to use it. Mm-hmm. They should not, it shouldn't be something that they're like, oh, dad never lets me see this. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't be because that causes them to be interested. Yep. And that's the last thing that you want. It's the last thing I want with, I don't want my son to grab my gun thinking, right. Ooh, this is a toy. Right. Um, so again, having that conversation, speaking about it when it's safe and they're old enough to do so, let them, you can even do Nerf guns, handle hmm. gun, understanding how to draw, how to, you know, uh, properly and safely use guns. If you're going to have one in the house, the last thing you want is a child to not know how to use it. Yeah. I don't want my child to use it, but I do want him to understand what it is and how it works. So that way, if he, God forbid, does ever get it, he doesn't point it at somebody. Right. Yeah. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? That makes complete uh, sense. I, the last thing that I want any any ch- kid to think is, is this is some magical device that my parents let me touch, so I'm going to sneak and try and find out yeah. how to get it right. when they're right. not. I was that it kid. That makes it worse. Yeah. I was that kid. Um, but You uh, were. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a believer in if somebody, if it's not loaded and ready to go, it's worthless to you. Mm-hmm. If it's not within reach of you, it's worthless to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm a, as a police officer, I what if in worst case scenario things constantly. The average human being does not. Yeah. Um, but, but shouldn't we though? Yes, Shouldn't honestly, the pro- that's the problem. People think that they're safe, and you're not safe. This world is crazier than people think. You yep. live in your own bubble. Yep. and You think that could never happen to me, mm-hmm. until it does. Right. Um, so, I, I, there are plenty uh, safes are magic are important. Mm-hmm. I keep there are very quick access safes mm-hmm. that are they can. I keep one near my in my like near my bed. that has. you you can't just get to it it has fingerprint reading all kinds of of things biometric stuff um there's you know things like that so it's quick because if you're not if you can't get to it quickly Mm -hmm. it doesn't do you any good yeah so if you're asleep and someone kicks in your door which i I will most likely never happen yeah if you have to fumble finding a a thing get loaded right danger that's over yeah it's over yeah so in the moment you need it you need to have it yeah
1: um how does so, yeah. somebody get into it? Like, so if, that, if somebody's like, you know, they're listening to this podcast, they're like, wow, I've never thought about it, but yeah, maybe I should. Don't just necessarily go out and just buy a
0: gun, right? Like. Nah, I wouldn't recommend. If you don't know how to use it, don't buy one. Yeah. And if you're not comfortable. My other thing with guns, they are messy. Mm. When someone is shot, it is messy and it is bloody and it is disgusting. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that and live with that, then don't carry one. Yeah. Or have one. Because if you bring a gun into a situation where there wasn't one and you aren't capable or comfortable to use it, someone else might be. Yeah. And then it just did not work in your favor. Um, but if you're interested, which I think, I'm a big believer that every American should have a gun, and should know how to use it. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's, it, it, when you need help, the police are a few minutes away. Yep. <laughs> so I hope you get, you know, yeah. We, yeah. We're, we are here to help you. But in that instant, it's you. Yep. So I would go to any gun range. Mm-hmm. They typically have... Guns for sale, guns for rent. Mm -hmm. They typically do classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, CCW classes are just teaching you how to use it. They'll walk you through it. If you have family or friends that have guns, I don't know, a single gun owner that's not like, yeah, let's go shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Every gun owner is like, yeah, this is great. You want to shoot some guns? All All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Uh, So understanding the the concept of how to do it safely, uh, I treat every gun like it's loaded until you know for it, until you like I have, may have a gun and I may unload it and check it and I may hand it to you. I still need uh, to check it. You should it. still check it. I do every time because what if there was one in that chamber that you didn't realize? Yeah. Uh, so I always, you know, don't point at anything until you actually intend to shoot it. Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of you know, rules when it comes to it, like guidelines for, for shooting, mm-hmm. uh, handling firearms, that you need to understand the concept before you just start whipping a gun around. Yep. It's not a toy. It is a right. very dangerous item. Right. Um but everyone should have one and it's yeah. a, it's a very fun. If you don't do it for anything but sport or enjoyment, it is very fun. It's satisfying. yeah. you know, I've got a couple of friends that
1: have, that have them. Uh, my plan has been to get a handgun, but to get my CCW and to get like the training and everything. I've shot them before, but not to the point where I,
0: I know what I'm doing. So, yeah, I think I wish more people carried guns. Yep. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and that, if I'm so me as a police officer, I carry a gun pretty regularly, mm-hmm. even off duty. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not mean that I'm going to get involved in any situation that occurs, and I don't think most CCW holders should either.
1: Mm-hmm. It is
0: there for you and your family, typically. Now, mm-hmm. everyone is their own person; they can make their own decisions. Um, yep. But me personally, as a if you're a normal everyday CCW holder, you're not a hero. Like I'm not going to be some hero on at you know Easton. Mm-hmm. It's there. For the worst case scenario mm-hmm. of someone's trying to kill me or my my family. Mm-hmm. And that is about the extent of it. Yeah. Um, that's all it's there for. But I wish more people carried. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it, because if something bad happens in that instant, it's it's between you and that person. Yeah, well, those
1: instances, they are over rather quickly three to five seconds. Three to five seconds.
0: Uh, like wow. had to, <laughs> you had to answer he just knew. like that. Your, your average shooting lasts about three to five seconds. Jeez. So it's very quick. Yeah it takes me about three minutes to get there yeah <laughs> it's already said and done yeah so damage uh, is already done uh, on those quick on mm. the vast majority yeah. so that's why it's it's you to protect yourself plus ccw guns are typically tiny they're not accurate from a distance so you're not going to mm. be some hero making some massive shot from a mile away that right. gets, that's not going to happen it's between five and seven feet typically yeah and, or closer if we're being honest yeah which is very intimate. All my gun owner
1: friends have always just told me, yeah, you, well, I think somebody said a thousand shots before you are really comfortable with. So let's, let's say I went out and I purchased
0: a Glock. I get the Glock. I need to go shoot at least a thousand times before. I could see that. Is sure, that sure? I've shot so many times I can't count them <laughs> at this point. But the more you shoot, just like anything else, the more you do it, the better you are, the more comfortable yeah. you are. The yeah. down the problem is, and what I recommend if you do end up getting a CCW, mm-hmm. is actually practicing without any bullets Mm -hmm. so shooting like dry firing is important helps you with the skill set drawing can you draw from your holster can you are you going to get caught up on your shirt Mm -hmm. when you try and pull it out have you practiced doing that right uh those type those type of things from weird angles Mm -hmm. things
1: like that yeah that's really interesting because i mean i've been getting into hunting recently and i just got my first uh hunting bow. Oh, cool. Compound bow. And a video that I watched the other day was about like practice with your hunting gear on, like what you're planning on going hunting on practice. Cause he, cause when you, what he was talking about, like when he first went hunting, somebody told him to do that and he did it. And before he went hunting, he was practicing in, in his hunting jacket and his, it was like mm-hmm. kind of zipped down. And so he had a little frills out and so it got stuck as he was like drawing it back and then it was like I think he released it and then the arrow went all crazy so I, I like that comment that you yeah. made about practicing on all these different situations and circumstances what about like the blank bullets that I can get on Amazon They're like laser bullets they're, well they're like they were like so one of my friends he told me like I can practice loading and hmm. all that kind of stuff with these fake bullets sure. so that yeah, you can get on great. Amazon
0: are they're, they're nothing wrong with those those are great there's also a tool uh, there's this it's like a eye target or some kind of thing. You set your phone in it. There's a big screen. You put a a, a bullet in the chamber of the gun and it when the firing pin hits it, it shoots a laser out of the barrel. And if it hits that, Uh, when it hits that target uh, on your phone, it tells you where you hit. So you can actually practice shooting accuracy with your weapon in your house. Wow. So I set it up in my, I do all kinds of like drills in my house, like like (laughs) around corners and things all the time. It's a blast.
1: Okay. This is a very serious question I got to ask you. If you're in a situation, you're in your room, let's say we get a break in right here over here. I'm down here in my room. Should I ninja roll out? Yes. I should. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah, thought... Without a doubt. I thought I should ninja roll before. <laughs> He's
0: always wanted an excuse.
1: Anything. ninja roll. That's right. <laughs> Obviously,
0: that's a joke. That's probably only in the movies, right? Have you ever ninja rolled on the job? I have not. It's difficult to do in 40 pounds a gear in a vest. <laughs> 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 if that's I ninja fair. rolled, I'd probably be stuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's
1: a great picture. Oh <laughs> God, That's good. Gosh, get me out. So... Um, we are getting visited right now by a five-year-old. Um, okay. So we are almost definitely at time. So I'm just going to ask you, uh, what is it well, before
0: we, cause you always do the wrap up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think, cause this is just something that's important to me. We have an eight year old daughter. She talks like she's 17. Oh, that's terrible. How are we,
1: <laughs>
0: cause you've gone through and kind of talked about like, Oh, talking about what happens in a situation. So uh, having the sex trafficking on the rise in Columbus, what are some ways we can talk to her in preparation for how to stay protected? That is something that I wish more parents would do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, so I said earlier, there is obviously the trafficking of people being kidnapped off the street. That is not the common form of of human trafficking that occurs. Mm. It is typically first found online uh so uh for a parent i would start with online mm-hmm. social media and kids is a slippery slope and a yeah. dangerous place because you know don't know who you're talking to and who you are talking to on the other end is probably not who you think it is mm-hmm. almost right. constantly um and then talking about a big one of guarding your heart because what happens is is somebody starts showing them attention for the first time they're maybe they're 12 and They've never had someone give them any kind of affection throughout their life, and mm. discussing that, you know, this person may not have the best interest in your heart. You know, worrying about yourself. Who are you? How did you meet this person? Why are they coming around? Um, the the typical stranger danger thing for small children is important. Now you don't want mm. your kid to be afraid of the world, mm. but the world is scary, and they need to be, have a sense of reality. Hiding from that and telling your kids and not not having these awkward conversations isn't benefiting them. Mm. Right. I, I don't want to scare children, but the reality is the reality. Like I don't want to say, oh, everyone's going to kidnap you in a in a van. That doesn't happen all the time, right? But, <laughs> right. but you yeah. also don't want them to be like, hey, come over here and be like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever yeah. you yeah. want. Yeah. It is a fine line. Yeah. Um, the big thing is uh, where this starts is typically through bad friend groups. Mm. So being yeah. having a a child that has um, friends that you maybe dislike and you there's a, you get that gut feeling like something is wrong. Trust your gut. Because mm-hmm. what happens is is somebody, this person may be their same age, but they may have a friend who's 35. Right. Who is already working on, because that's what will happen, is the 35-year-old will have their, their one friend that they have already become, you know, already kind of started to groom. And then right. they will get that friend to bring in somebody else. Uh, and this is mostly done, again, through social media. Um yeah social media is a terrifying thing and we as a society have not figured out how to deal with mm, it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, talking to her about and you're, uh, boys and girls about right. who you are talking to, what, what avenues you're using. Snapchat is the dangerous thing
1: mm. mm-hmm. if I'm being
0: honest with you. Um, and just kind of, con- I don't want to say controlling that again. I don't want to create things that are, I, my personal opinion is I don't want to create magical objects that they want. I need to do right. this. Yeah. Right. Uh, but to understand the reality of it. Um, and then it, a lot of that boils down to, are they comfortable in talking to you as a person? Mm-hmm. Or are you, are they going to think you're just going to be mad at them if they say this so they don't want to? So that's where some of this comes. Right. These, these kids, yeah. they didn't have a good, they don't have a good relationship with their parents. They're not willing to. Someone else is now giving them this affection mm-hmm. and yep. attention. And there he's saying, he's saying, don't tell your parents. And my well, yeah, my parents don't, aren't trustworthy anyway. So why would I tell them? Mm-hmm. And then right. it's a slippery slope. Um and then, with that also boils down discussing honestly about drugs, yep. because that's where this that 's how this starts is often not' always oftentimes, you know, hey, smoke a little bit of marijuana, and then, hey, now instead of marijuana, which you can have your own opinions. I don't think it's the end of the world, mm. mm-hmm. but when you're 14 and you're doing that and then you start with, well, Hey, what about snort this? Right. Mm. Oh, it's <laughs> just a different it's thing. Snort right. this. Right. So, yeah. um, and then these, it starts to really become a, a problem. Yeah. So ha- yeah. having an honest, healthy relationship with your children and honest conversation is the biggest part that people don't do. They don't want to have these awkward conversations about the reality of the world because mm-hmm. these yeah. kids, and if you go to, any school, I don't care what school you go to, you're they're going to have the opportunity to experience this type of situation, yeah. where yeah. they might have a friend of a friend who is who has who does this, yeah. um, or drugs or otherwise. But as far as for for women, I, I, I'm not here to victim blame or anything, but um, paying you have to, realistically you have to pay attention, you have to look around, you have to watch what you're doing, and being alone yeah. in certain places may not be safe. Uh, and I'm not saying you can't go anywhere and do anything. But the reality is, is who is going to hurt a woman or a child? Statistically, it's a man. Mm-hmm. Right. So paying attention to who's around you, what they're doing, how they are. That's the biggest key yeah. is people get in our own worlds and talking about talking to your children about not getting in your own world. We get our headphones in. Mm-hmm. We're looking at our phone. Right. We listen to music. We're walking the We're doing whatever we want to do. And the world around us doesn't exist. Hmm. Uh, I'm guilty of that from time to time. And I try not to be because the reality is, is the world does exist. Yeah. So paying attention to your surroundings and just being aware if someone seems to be following you. If you see the same person you're in the, in the store and they've seen the same person in the same aisle 17 times, like, this is strange. I was just in produce and I'm over here. And so is that guy, uh, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, also with, for other, for women specifically, which is where, and where this happens is, let's say you're at the grocery store, you get to your car and you're fumbling around in your purse. You're not doing right. things. You sit in your car and you're sitting down and you're looking at your phone and then someone just jumped in the car with you. Mm-hmm.
1: Shoot! Sure.
0: So I I have a habit of the second I sit in my car, I lock my doors. It is yeah. every single time in every car I get in mm-hmm. and my crews are at work or my truck outside. I do it every single time. Mm-hmm. So lock my door.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, and that is the reality that does happen. Uh, the other thing I would talk to them about to your children about is if something happens, if let's say we, so I teach women's self-defense is one of the things I do in my job Okay, is we talk a lot about crime scene one and crime scene two. Mm. Crime mm. scene one is where it occurs. That's the parking lot at Walmart. That's okay. where the kidnapping occurs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to find out what occurs in crime scene two. Right. Okay. I, so be loud, kick, fight, make it hard, run, whatever you have to do. And yeah. discuss that, it, be a demon, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, yeah. if somebody grabs them, advise, talk to them about, be loud, be aggressive, be mean,.: yeah. It's OK. Because right. right. boys are, tra- are taught from a young age to fight. Yeah. wrestling around doing things. Yeah. Girls are not. Yeah. They're right. not. They're told to be polite and be nice and do all these things. And that's mm-hmm. not right in my opinion. I'm Right. <laughs> oh, weak ground fight. As you should. Yeah. I, yes. I think, I think she is involved.
1: I think she's very involved. I think girls should be. She's the most aggressive. Well, she, because she has permission. I feel like she,
0: yeah, gets into it. And
1: I'm not, I'm not super gentle with her either. I mean, she's eight years old. I don't hurt her by means, but no, like I'll tackle her and I'll make her fight to get out. Good. And then say with Caleb, he's the youngest. He needs to do jujitsu because he's a wild man. (laughs) Connor wasn't. Connor was very timid. But now after – it's basically nightly that all will wrestle with him. But now Connor, yeah. he's, he's in on it now. Good. He was very timid mm-hmm. at first, didn't like to be touched, didn't like to be grabbed, didn't like to be pushed down. But now he just – he gets right back up. All you got
0: to do is okay. kind of push the button a little bit. Yeah. What else? Because this yeah. is good stuff. Those are, those are the main ones, paying attention and avoiding social media. I, I'm not saying social media is the, all the devil and you can't right. do it or anything like that. But mm. social media is one addicting. Uh, yeah. Social media, especially with teenagers you're in, your brain is developing, and now you're getting releases of endorphins every time you get a like. Oh, and totally. It's, yeah. But it's, it's very the wrong addictive. kind, yeah. Right. So they're, And then you can go down a rabbit hole very quickly, mm. very yep. easily, and you can be somewhere talking to someone you didn't mean to, and now they can be asking you to do things, which right. happens. Mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately see it all the time. Parents will bring their teenager in, young teenager or preteen. This is what's happening yeah. on their phone. Uh, and it's, right. n- and I can assure you the person that is receiving those pictures is probably not the same age, mm-hmm. almost guaranteed. And, uh, so if I were, I, you know, will be limiting my child's yes. <laughs> cell phone it's ability, in our plan. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the free access to any form of social media is unrestricted. It's probably a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah the amount of just harassment that occurs in general, just from other kids mm. is yeah. crazy. Kids are mean. <laughs> so mean. So mean. <laughs> they are so mean. Um, but, but that is it. Because the problem is it is like discord and all these other things. You don't know who's there. Right. And then they mm-hmm. can get a one-on-one chat with you, which occurs all the time. Jeez, and that's right. how that's, they build this initial relationship. Then they decide they want to meet. Yep. Yeah. And then they decide they want to run away with them. Mm. Yeah. And then it's bad. And right. now now they are, you know, they've been taken somewhere else and they're doing whatever they, you know, whatever this guy right. says to do because it's and the right then thing. they're missing. And yeah. they're missing. So, and it, unfortunately, people think it doesn't happen. It happens so terribly much. It's incredible. Uh, right. It's absolutely incredible. Ohio is one of the main, like, one of the leading states for human yeah. trafficking. Right. It's hmm. And it's mostly relationship based, and most of those relationships mm-hmm. are found online. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. It's a good place to be careful. Very good place to be careful. Yeah. I don't know. Social media. Uh, it has its place. There's pros and cons, but sure. I just don't think we as yeah. a society have to figure out how to deal with it yet. No. Exactly. Well, there's,
1: I mean, obviously, It's still like, so it, new. It's, yeah. It's brand new, relatively speaking, and yeah, as a society, we don't know what the long-term ramifications of it are going to be because like, right now we have the first generation that like grew up with it. It was introduced right. when I was like I think Facebook started when I was in college, maybe maybe finishing college, something like that. But then you have my nieces that have grown up yeah. with this and my kids. I mean, they don't have accounts by any means. Like, I'm so happy that nobody's even asking for a cell phone. <laughs> um,
0: but, <laughs> I'm you get know my, the time's coming. Yeah, I'm going to get my kid a jitterbug. What's a jitterbug? <laughs> it's a uh, oh man, those little commercials where the people are in their late years uh-huh. and they have very big keys because they're easy to see. Uh-huh. All they can do is a little flip phone and you can call for help. And that's about it.
1: Yeah, that's, nice. that's what you're getting
0: your keys. Yeah, you, you can call me, and that is it.
1: There you go. Hey, I'm, I agree. I agree. Let's get some laws on the books. Yes. Yeah, um, okay, so basically the way that I finish out these episodes is uh, I just I want you to think about like any lasting we've talked about several different things. So what is like maybe the last thing that you want to say to anybody who ends up listening to this, just the average person thoughts that you have. It could be on the sex trafficking stuff. It could be on policing. It could be on jujitsu or it could be a combo of all, just anything that you kind of want to leave anybody that comes across this, this episode. Um, What I feel like I've learned is I've always had an appreciation for police and I've known, you know a few people that have been involved in policing. It can't be an easy job uh It's way harder than it has to be way harder than than my day job and the most stressful situation that a police officer encounters in their day to day is probably night and day difference between my most stressful situation that I come across on my job. so I really appreciate you coming on and talking about all this kind of stuff. We're living in some crazy times um uh but even just the self defense everything. That's going to be super key. I'm raising three young kids in just the world that they are going into trying to educate them um, on these different scenarios. It's always better to be prepared for the worst case than find yourself in the worst case scenario and not have no idea what to do. So definitely planning on getting my conceal and carry at some point. You're definitely getting your conceal and carry at some point. Um, Hopefully we'll have not an ammo shortage in a few months. Um, but anyway, I really appreciate you coming on, calling and talking. So with that, I just want you to go ahead and say anything, any last thoughts and comments that you have.
0: Fair enough. I, I guess I'll say, you know, in the last few years, there have been a lot of, uh, people have a lot of opinions about police and some of them are justified and some of them are maybe not. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is we are people mm-hmm. just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. There are some good ones. There are some bad ones. There's some good cops that might have a bad day. Uh, I'm not justifying any negative behavior. I'm just saying, have you ever had a bad day? We do too. We need to be held accountable. I'm not disagreeing with that in any way, shape, or form. But you know, we are just like you. Some days are great. Some days are bad. Some situations are are we handled poorly and we regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, just understand that we are people. We get sad just like everybody else. Uh, we get happy just like everybody else. We are no different. Um, and with that being said, there's a lot of stress on police these days. Uh, some deserve, some not deserved. Mm-hmm. But this, the we are not one entity. That is the biggest, I think, misconception, is mm-hmm. people think all police are police, which is not true. Every single police department in the nation, and there are hundreds, mm-hmm. is a different group of people with different training, with different background, different experience, and a different culture in their own police department. The issues that Another agency on the West Coast may have that you saw on the news that they did something horrible doesn't correlate to what your police department may do. Mm. So understanding that uh, police are not it's not one huge umbrella police. Every department is different. So while certain departments have a in this country have a reputation for being either corrupt or having these problems, does not mean your local police department does. Mm. Uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, most small town or medium medium sized city departments, if you ask the residents that actually live there mm. and that deal with them, they usually think pretty highly of them.
1: Mm.
0: But as a as a whole, we think of police in the individual instances we see in these you know specific departments that just have nothing to do with what your police department does mm. from day in and day out. Mm. But that's about it. Just we're individuals too. Yeah. We're just humans. That's good. That's good.
1: That's good. Thanks for coming on. Hope you come back sometime. I would love to. Be great to have have you back. Yeah, good. All right. Well, that's awesome. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.